In uh, Joshua chapter 3, And the title I want us to think about tonight is Stepping Into Faith. I want you to think about that thought as we go through uh, this lesson tonight. And um, Ben, I'll let you know when to throw that up there. Uh, um, but anyway, uh, that's where we are in Joshua chapter 3. And we want to pick up there tonight as Israel crosses the Jordan. And it's been a good study thus far, I think, has been for me, it's been interesting um, for us to be able to, to go through and be reminded of these things. Now next week, next week, uh, Lord's willing, uh, Brother Jimmy will take over um, on uh, that Wednesday night. And because uh, we, we will be going out of town and uh, so he'll pick up where we get to, um, to tonight. Joshua chapter 3, the Bible says, Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officer, officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant, cross over before the people. So they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You shall command the priest who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of, of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, and the Gergesites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into Jordan, into the Jordan. Now therefore, take for yourselves twelve men from the tribes of the Israel, one from every tribe, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of their feet of the priest who hear 
or bear the ark of the Lord. The Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, the waters that come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. So it was when the people set out from the camp to cross over the Jordan with the priest bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and all, and as those who bore the ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priest who bore the ark dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zeratan. So the waters that went down from the sea of the Arabah, Arabah, bah, the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite of Jericho. Then the priest who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on, on the ground, on dry ground, in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. So, with all that said, <clears throat> you think about the event that's occurring. A step into faith. And that's something that we can grab a hold of tonight, even in our time here in 2021. A step into faith. The people had to trust, if you will, uh, in the Lord. Had to trust in God. Now the account that you see here in the scripture that we just read is... You see that Joshua has, has been as rose has risen early, and they lodged before three days before they crossed over. And after three days, the officers went through, as we read just a moment ago, and told them instructions. This is what you've got to do. Um, they were told that. You've got to prepare yourselves. You have got to watch and be ready. Now, what were they watching for? In the camp. Well, the enemies, but they told them to watch for what? When, when what started happening? When the Ark of the Covenant, the Levites got it and started got it and started moving, what were they to do? Be ready and ready to go. And it wasn't just a casual thing of say, "Oh, okay, we're going to get ready. We're going to cross over." We're just what? Well, it wasn't a casual thing. They had to be watchful and ready to follow when that event happened. Kind of the way I read it, there wasn't there wasn't no cell phones. Couldn't text nobody. Couldn't send out a mass email. Couldn't send out a mass text, group text. You had to be ready. You had to be on guard, on watching for that event to happen or you were going to miss it. Now, what relation can we pull that to today? Coming of the Lord. What are we told? Be ready. Ever watchful. It's not something you're going to, that you're going to be able to get ready when the event starts, right? 
when the Lord comes back, you don't you don't say, oh, oh, let me get everything and, and let me get give me let me get to church right quick and become a Christian and be baptized and 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 ready to go. No, it don't happen, does it? Do what? Yeah. Uh, so they had to watch for that. And they were told to be ready in, in, in chapter 3 there. <clears throat> and you, you, you go on and, th- and through what we just read just a moment ago. And they, they were told there were to be a space between you. Uh, How many cubits was it? Uh, 2,000 cubits. A little over a half a mile. I dug that up today. That's not the only thing I dug up today. I've been, I've been working on a, a patio to back a little, put a pad behind our house. Well, this afternoon, about 5 o'clock, I said, boy, I smell something. I said, man, that ain't... Nothing comes from this tractor. I had cut my gas line. And boy, it was spewing. And, uh, I jumped off the tractor and ran to the tank and cut it off. And <laughs> I got over a little too far from where I was digging. Uh, I took down my deck, and I always judged it by the steps coming off my deck, that it come right in front of my deck, and I took down my deck. And didn't have no judge, had no mint, I didn't have nothing looking at it to wonder where it's at, so I got over a little too far. Um, speaking of digging up. Um, but again, they were told to stay back. So can you imagine having to follow some, an event from a half a mile away? Now, why is this? Why do you think this is? What other event can we relate this to? Others have touched it and died. Yeah, other touched it and died. What other event where they were stayed to, they were told to stay away? That if you touch it, you're gonna die. Yeah, well, when the Lord came down on the mountain and uh, Moses went up, and they said, no animal, if you remember all that, no animal, they couldn't, they had to prepare themselves the day before and consecrate themselves and, because they were going to be in the presence of the Lord and, and, and all this. Um, so the same thing here. They had to stay at that distance. Now, when we're talking about the people crossing over, we're not talking about a few hundred people, okay? We're talking about millions of people, children of Israel. So we're not talking about one little opening in the water because you got to think about the water here the water what was it the, the ground what dried up wasn't muddy ground I said firm ground dry ground the like the Red Sea we can, we can take it back to that exodus and, we, and, and these people are experiencing their exodus if you will by the waters parting and this that and other so you go on in that text and he says sanctify yourselves Tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priest saying, take up the ark um, and, and move forward. So they took it up and he told him, he said, today I'm going to begin to exalt you. Remember, he's been told, you know, back in uh, chapter one, what was it? Joshua be, uh, be strong and of good courage time after time after time, wasn't he? 
And the people finally said at the end of the, the, the chapter, he said, we're going to do that. We're going to follow you. And we're going to treat you just like we did Moses. Because um, remember, now Joshua's taken Moses' uh, spot, hadn't he? Um, now notice this. When they come to the edge of the water, what's going to happen? When their soles of their feet touch the edge of the water, it's going to dry up and it's going to part. It's going to dry up. The soles of their feet, the priest, all Levites. It's an important note there. But again, you think about, think about this. These people are presented with a challenge of faith. If you remember, the prior generation failed after spying out the land, if you remember. And the text wants us to see, in chapter 3 and verse 15, the text wants us to see the difficulty of the obstacle before them. The time when they were to cross the Jordan River was during the flood stage time. Now, Randy, can pull that up for us. Uh, I want, did you get a video or a picture? Okay, he got a video, even better than that. Now, this ain't talking about just a little bit of water. We're talking about at the flood stage, when all the melting of all the ice and snow had come off the mountains in early spring, probably, uh, and a lot of water. So the Lord says, I'm not going to do it during a dry time. I'm not going to do it when it would be easy for people to say, oh, that was easy. I'm going to do it in the hardest time there is, the Lord said. Now, you just get a picture of this. When the, uh, oh, here we go. Now, look at this. Okay, that's right. maybe y'all can see it back there in the back, right? Now, you look. That's a lot of water. Now these pit, all that water is going to be what? Stopped. And on both sides, right? Everything down, down to the salt is going to go away. Back here is going to be a heap. And the people are going to walk. That's just a lot. To me, as I look at that's just a lot of water. But nothing for God, right? You can take it off. Now. I just want you all to see that. that that's, a, that's not just a little bitty stream we're talking about. Now, we're not talking about a big, huge Tennessee River or, or, you know, wide as the Cumberland or whatever, but we're still talking about a lot of water. Um, do what? You worked hard. <laughs> not to put He said not to play the whole thing. Uh, you can leave it running. Um, good visual. So they were going to cross during the flood stage time when the river overflowed the banks, chapter 3 and verse 15. And you see the water rushing down and overflowing the banks. And really, this is not the time to cross the river. This is not the time of year to cross the river. Um, but the only thing that people had to do is believe in what the Lord had said based on what the Lord had done in the past for them. Now, this is another generation. The other generation went back into the wilderness and died, right? Now, this is another generation of people, but they've been passed down and said, okay, you remember what happened back here in the Red Sea, Okay, now here's your exodus, basically. And you know what? We have moments like this in, in, in our lives. When we are tested 
in our faith to cross over toward God. And I want you to think about that just for a minute. Let's think about those moments in your life. I don't know what they are. It may be a cancer, it may be a sickness, it may be a, uh, a, uh, a death, or it may be um, struggle in a family or um, the sin in itself, whatever the case may be. Satan does a lot of hard work to keep us off balance. But we have these times. These people had to step into faith. Some, we have to step into faith in our life. We have to. One who is out of the Lord's church, one who is, is not a Christian, has to step in that faith. Romans 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and what? Hearing by the word of God. You know, Paul writes, and he says, if you're going to have faith, you're going to have to hear it through the word of God. These people were seeing it, weren't they? They were seeing the waters divided. They seen the water dry up. And they walked over to the other side. Now, like I said, we ain't talking about just a little small, narrow place. We're talking about millions of people. It had to be a large area of water and dry land, right? To cross this many people over, it would take forever, wouldn't it? So you think about the, the, the greatness of, of God and his power. God gives this new generation that Exodus experience that we're talking about. They dried up, just like they read before in the Exodus. You know, the distance of the drying up is given in verse 16. There's a little uh, uncertainty about the location of all the cities, but we can confidently say, as I studied and, and dug this up, that uh, it was roughly, and, and specifically we could say it was about 16 miles, if you will. If you take and look at the city of, what do they call it, Adam, I think, uh, in, the, in conjunction with Jericho and all that, you look that up, and it's, it's a big, wide space that these people are going to cross over on. Because, um, again, a couple million of people had to go across that and, and probably over a half a mile away from um, the, the ark, you know, that, that went before them. God does what people cannot do. Someone get Psalms chapter 12, or no, I'm sorry, Psalms 121 and verse 2. And read that for us. Psalm 121 and verse 2. And then we're going to move to chapter 4. I made it through 3. All you doubters. My help cometh where? From the Lord. Did he say that my help comes from a drug? No. Did he say my help comes from my money? No, we could just go on name, couldn't we? He says, my help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and earth. You see, that's, that, that's what we got to lean on, a step into faith. You know, uh, you're, you're, struggling with, you're struggling with this, you're struggling with that, and, and you're dealing with this, and you're dealing with that. They're, 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 we all have Jordans we have to cross. And God is there to dry up the land. God is there for you to come over to. They were going over to God and what God had promised to give them. And that's what we have to look at in these times and during our life. Any comments on this, chapter 3?
All right, as we go ahead and finish up three there, it overflows its banks, midst of the Jordan, and crossed over on dry ground, uh, completely over the Jordan. Uh, chapter 4, 24 verses um, that we have to, to look at. And there's a lot going 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 on uh, in in this, this scripture, and and we're not going to take time to read it. Uh, you can read through as we discuss it or whatever. But after crossing over, the command is given to take what twelve stones from the river, place them on the shore as a what. Memorial to the people of Israel. But it goes on to say, he says, it, it says, in the future, what's going to happen? Chapter 4, verse 6. Children's going to ask you about them. How many times have we taught and, and preached from this pulpit and, and from these classes that how important it is for us to pass down what? What are we to pass down? Our knowledge of God, what God has done for us. I had one of my kids just went through a, a situation not too long ago. I said, the Lord took care of you on that one. I don't care how little they are, how little these little guys you got. When something good happens, what do we as parents need to be saying? Look what God has done for you. Because it's so easy for their immature minds to say, look what my popularity done for me. Or look what my clothes done for me. Or look what the latest technology I have done for me. Or my ability in a sport. And it's our job as parents to take those immature minds. And even of older people who are Christians, we need to take those immature minds. Because it doesn't mean that they're, they're not smart. It just means they're not learned. And we have to teach them. And we have to say, look, in your life right now, there's people you work with. There's people who are in your family. There's people in your community and next door, neighbors and things, that when good things happen, we need to make sure we shout it from the, the housetop. Not in a bragging way. Don't get me wrong. But in a way to say, look what the Lord has done for me. And our kids need to hear that. Why do you think we're losing our kids? Because they're, they're, they're thinking that, that everything else is coming from their money and from popularity and from how much money mom and daddy make. That's where all my goodness comes from. And they're not getting the true picture of what blessings really, really, truly come from. That's what I'm trying to say. So you look here in chapter 4, that memorial... The children were being told the waters of the river were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant. A reenactment of the Exodus back in the book of Exodus out of Egypt. The Passover was to be told to the children, if you remember, in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 26. He says, you need to tell your children of this day. You need to tell the children of, of, of this day. And carry it on. We as Christians and grandmothers and grandfathers and aunts and uncles and mamas and daddies need to pass it down. Because if we don't, the Lord's church is going to suffer. It's already suffering. 
Because I'm going to be honest with you, as a whole, we've done a poor job of passing it down for the big picture. Yes, in your family. I'm bringing my kids to Bible school. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But what? don't leave it up just to the Bible school teacher and the preacher. We have, a, we have an obligation. We need to pass it down. So again, the Exodus was reenacted, the people there through haste. Uh, chapter 4 and verse 10. They left Egypt in the haste, if you remember. God glorified Joshua at this moment. Chapter 4 and verse 14. The people stood in awe of Joshua. They were in awe. That's just as they were of Moses. He's now the new Moses. All the waters, once they have come across, return to his place, just like in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 18. You can make that comparison. They came up out of the Jordan River on the Passover. I think that's unique. That on the very day that they left Egypt, that same God waited. He could have done it at any time. But I think it's really notable that when you read the date on it, it was the date of the Passover, wasn't it? Chapter 4, verse 19, you can cross-reference that with 12, Exodus 12 and verse 3. But it's so important to see how God recognizes that we need memorials. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. We need memorials because our greatest danger in Christianity is that we forget. Now, you think about that. The greatest enemy to our faith is to forget what God has done for us. That's the greatest enemy. Now, Satan works to do that. He gets us real what? Gets us real busy, doesn't he? Gets us involved in a lot of things, and we're doing this and doing that, and, and we forget what God's done for us. We get too big for our britches, is what my grandmama used to say. Getting too big for your britches, boy. And then she'd take me down a notch. We had a local car sales place in Jim Bishop Chevrolet, and they handed out yardsticks every year. I think there's still a little bit of residue of that ink on my back end of Jim Bishop Chevrolet. Because she'd take them yardsticks and she'd wear me out. Oh, Jim Bishop Chevrolet, seven inches through 14 inches, <laughs> stamped on my back end. <laughs> uh, but memorials are good. We need memorials. This is why the Lord gives us memorials today. What's one of them? You know it. Lord's Supper. I can't understand for the life of me why anybody would not want to do it every day, every week. I can't understand that. Why would you want to do it on a special occasion? When the Bible says that the earlier Christians done what? On the first day of the week, and in my calendar, and the calendars I've always looked at, every week had what? The first day. Now, you can't argue with that. Go to 1 Corinthians. Can't argue with that. So he gives us that, that memorial. But what is that memorial? It's much more than a cracker. It's much more than, a, than some uh, uh, 
uh, grape juice. It's what it represents. You know, I don't know, call me, call me odd, an oddball, and everybody to their own. But during that time of Lord's Supper, it's a time that we need to reflect upon that. That, that, that piece of bread is his body. And you know, we've, we've went to doing it the way we do it now, and, and there's not as much time to reflect on that. And I love when, when guys get up here and read scripture and it lasts a little longer because it's a longer to reflect, isn't it? And I know why we do what we do. Now we've went to the little square. But you know what? We've had that bread for years. It was broken here and put in the plates and passed around. Call me odd. Call me crazy. I don't care. But that little square, and I'm not tooting my own horn, but I break it in two. You know why I break it in two? Because the jagged edges on it remind me of the flesh of Christ. Now, you may not have to do that, but I'm a very visual person. Evacuate. <laughs> Boy, I ain't never had that to happen. Two things happen tonight, a lightning bug and all that. And I'm, I'm fixing to fly. I'm fixing to get on an airplane Monday morning at 6 o'clock. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to cancel that or not. Oh, my. I'm back on now. All right. All right. Yeah, bring it out. So that was uh, that was half the tribe of Manasseh and Reuben and Gad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, exactly. They showed a unit. The kids are already out there. Well, I didn't make it to five. I didn't make it to five, but I made it past three. Yeah, if you want to talk a little bit about more four, I had a lot more about four, but uh, start with five if you want to. All right. Thanks for all your comments and participation.